All right. We're going to start off, like I said, if you have your bulletin, something a little different, there's usually a section that we have sermon notes, and they're usually cross-references of things that I may or may not hit during the sermon, uh, but something you can definitely look at on your own that are usually tied to the passage. Well, today I have the four passages we're going to look at, and even have something for those of you who are like to write things in and, and follow along. There should be even be a little uh, space there for you to write things. So I looked at these various passages and just kept praying over them. And there's one main point from each one of these passages that I want us to get concerning God's love today. I want, you, I want us all to understand. So let's start off by opening up to Lamentations chapter 3. If you don't, hopefully you have a Bible with you. If you don't have one, you're welcome to uh, use some of the ones we have in the pews there. Uh, if you don't have one, you don't own one, please let us know afterwards. We'd love to give you a Bible, so please do that. But go ahead and turn to Lamentations chapter 3. And again, these are just going to be four very short sermons, observations from these texts that I hope to add to the things we've talked about before about God's love to show you various aspects of God's love. And what I'm going to cover today isn't everything about God's love. But one thing I will say, God is love, as we saw in 1 John. But something we had to talk about in Sunday school this morning is just remember that God isn't only love. He's holy, he's just, he's many things. Um, All of those being good, he is perfect. So, Lamentations chapter 3, starting in verse 22. This This whole section here, if you're not familiar with it, is talking about God's faithfulness. And starting in verse 22, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Let's start in verse 22 and just point out a few things to you. The steadfast love of the Lord. Think for a second. What comes to your mind when you think, when you hear steadfast? Good. 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 I've got a few words for you. Unwavering. Faithful. Committed. Devoted. Dedicated. Consistent. True. Relentless. Unchanging. There's more we could say. You guys may have said some other ones there. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It never ends. This relentless love that he has for his children never ends. goes on forever. It will not stop. So in your bulletin there, if you want to write down, God's love is permanent for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now that's an important clarification there. God's love, yes, there is a sense from John 3.16, which we read earlier, that God loves the world. Absolutely. He created it. He loves the world. He created all things. But then there's something very specific about those who are in Christ Jesus. Because again, the way we get adopted into God's family, sometimes we like to say, well, we're all just children of God. We've talked about this. That's not the way Scripture sees it. Scripture sees it that those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, those who say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I can do nothing. I understand that by your grace. I put my faith in the birth of Jesus. Again, we're talking about his birth and this love. 
His birth is very unique and it's very important. He is born of a virgin. Why is that even important? Can't we just let that go? We can't. Why? Because the fact that he was put in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit shows that he's different. He doesn't have the same nature that everybody else has. So if he doesn't have the same nature, why is that important? Well, because everybody else from Adam and Eve down, because we all come from Adam and Eve, we're all guilty of sin. Every one of us. And our natures, we have sinful natures. Jesus, no. He can be the perfect sacrifice. We cannot give up the virgin birth just because other people don't understand it or won't agree with it. It's in Scripture, and it's true because God, God's Spirit put Jesus in the womb. He lives the perfect life. He's able to obey perfectly. The life we should have lived, we didn't do. He does it for us. And then He dies on, on the cross in our place for our sins as a sacrifice. And after three days, He rose for our salvation, that justification before God. That's what happens. If you believe in that, you become a new creation, you have a new heart, and here's the thing. You now are adopted into God's family. Now you are a child of God. Without that, you're not. So if you're here today, and you haven't done that, you're not a child of God. You don't get this verse applied to you. You don't get it. But you can. It's a free offer to anybody. The steadfast love, this relentless, faithful, committed love of the Lord will never end because you're in His precious Son and He loves His Son, His perfect Son eternally, and you're now in His Son and He loves you forever. His mercies, think of that word mercy real quick. What comes to mind? Throw some things at me. What do you, what, mercy, what comes to mind? Other words. Forgiveness. Undeserving. Grace. Compassion. Good. His mercies never come to an end. You don't have to worry like God's going to run out. Okay, everything on this earth, yeah, things run out. Guess what? With God, it doesn't run out. Never going to run out. They are new every morning. Christian, do you have some days that just doesn't go as planned? Do you ever have some days where you're not really following like you know you should? This is such an encouragement. Each morning, His mercies are new. You can repent and you can get right back on the track and say, Lord, I slipped, but by Your grace, let's continue. You can do that. I love the end of verse 24 here, or all 24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Question for you. Is the Lord your portion? Is He your portion? And then to the degree that your cup overflows. The only way you have that is you need God's Spirit, believing what we talked about before in the Gospel, and then you've got to spend time with Him. You've got to be in His Word, and you've got to be in prayer and your cup can overflow. And then, no matter what's going on, like we talked about last week with joy, no matter if all those other aspects of, of life are going poorly, you still have God. So that first one, God's love is permanent. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And again, to set context for you, this is a very popular passage. Romans chapter 8 talks about life in the Spirit. talks about us where God is working all things for the good of those who love Him or are called according to His purposes. And at the end here, what I want to share with you, 
verse, starting in verse 35, again, Romans 8.35. Listen to this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? That means death. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Here's Paul's answer to what he just asked. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, certain, he knows that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. Second thing I want you to hold on to, God's love is powerful. God's love is powerful. It's permanent for those who are in Christ Jesus, and it is powerful. So much so, that even death can't take you away from it. In fact, some would say that death sends you into a more more full idea of it. Because if you're in Christ, you step through the curtain. You're in this life. You pass. We've had some that we know and love pass recently. The hope that we have, the way we were groaning with hope this last week with Brother Gilbert was why? Because he put his faith in Christ. And so he went on this side of the veil to the things that are seen and he stepped through to the things unseen. And he went to the party. He's at the party. We're left behind here hanging out. Okay? He's there enjoying the eternal, the permanent love of God and the powerful love of God. Psalm 139. Turn with me if you can to Psalm 139. If you're familiar with this psalm, it's, uh, it's wonderful. We're going to read a few more verses with this one because I just couldn't stop. I just kept going. And I was like, all right, just this one. No, we've got to go a little further, a little further. Those of you who know me, that happens quite often even when I ask you to read. It's just God's Word. <laughs> psalm 139. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. What I want you to see here is how God's love is personal. It's personal. Oh Lord, You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Do you hear that? Do you hear the personal aspect of that? He knows everything about you. God just doesn't know things kind of. It's not how he's built. He knows everything. And that includes every single thing about you. No sense hiding it. You can't. But why would you want to? This is a God who loves you with this permanent love, this powerful love, this personal love. He saw, listen to me, (laughs) listen to me, guys. There's nothing you can do that's going to go, oh, well, Now you've lost that salvation of yours because you did that thing. Guess what? Your salvation is a gift. How many times have we talked about that? It's a gift. 
God gives you this gift. You're not going to do something wrong and then God come back and go, all right, I'm taking the gift away. That's not how it works. You didn't do anything to earn it except contribute your own sin. Good job. We're all really good at that part. Here's my sin, God. Great. I'll save you. You didn't do anything to contribute to it. You're not going to do anything to lose it. He loves you. He loves you. In this very intimate, personal way. When you do something, later today, you walk out, something happens, you're driving on the road, in anger you sin. You know God doesn't go, I'm shocked! I didn't know you were going to do that today. Remember, He knows everything all at once. That's hard for us to imagine, but he knows every single thing all at one time. So there's nothing we do where he goes, oh, well, I was going to save you, but now I saw you do this, and now you're going to lose it. He knew everything. In fact, Scripture talks about he knew it before time. And before time, he still said, personally, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm going to die for you. It's wonderful. Listen to a few more of these things in Psalm 139. Oh, even before a word is on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. That's being overwhelmed. That's that joy, that spiritual joy we've been talking about. You're just overwhelmed. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, which means the place of the dead, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. You hear it again. This is that powerful as well that we were talking about before. But it's also this personal. There's nowhere you can go. And why would you want to? You're never alone. Listen, you're never alone. Does that ever sink in? It feels like we're alone sometimes. But you're not. Last, last, listen, oh, this is wonderful. I remember, I'll, I'll share this before if I can, uh, as I read this next section. This one was concerning for us when, when we had Caleb. He, Caleb's birth wasn't going well, and it turned out he had the umbilical cord wrapped around his, his head twice. And so every time uh, there was a contraction, he was being strangled. And so they were watching it, and, and we're watching things, and I'm like, man, this, this doesn't look good. And they end up rushing Heather out, and they end up getting Caleb out just fine, and we praise God that he's here. A little a- after that, we were in the recovery room, and I guess because they had to do a C-section, he didn't quite get all the, all the stuff out when he was, wasn't squeezed out. And so what happened was, I know, more than you wanted. That's okay. This, this part's free. So, so what happened was he, 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 he started choking on his, own, on his own stuff there. And they came rushing in. And I remember I see the nurses, and they're trying to get him going again. And I just ran cold. And my wife, who is, if you know her, is much wiser than I am and a lot more faith than I have. She says, read Psalm 139 right now. And I got to this part. Listen. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. (sighs) Guys, He knew you as He's putting you together. He loves you. He loves you with this great love. Let's go to Luke 15. Let's go to Luke 15. God's love is permanent. It's eternal. It will never end. His love is powerful. It's personal. Luke 15. We could do this whole chapter, but we won't. Because <laughs> this is the same theme in this chapter. God's love is a pursuing love. Luke 15, I'm going to read the first couple of verses, but we'll be mostly in 4 through 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners, love how that's worded, tax collectors and sinners, just in case you didn't know, that's all of us. That's everybody. Now there were a few, if you remember the Pharisees, there were a few who were like, those tax collectors and sinners. And there may be times that we struggle with this ourselves. This is all of us. We're all drawing near, near to hear him. Great question there. Do you draw near to hear him? And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Side note, we have our family here. We have our blood family. We have our church family. We want to spend a lot of time together. We want to love one another. We want to have each other in our homes. We want to be spending time. Don't forget to be with people who don't know Jesus yet. Part of how they're going to know Jesus is that they see the love that we have for one another, the love that we have for them, and then they need to hear about him from us. Verse 3, So he told them a parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Again, little thing from Jesus there. Are there 99 who don't need it? No, of course. But what, we're say- what he's saying there is the ones who are lost, all of us at some point. He's drawing a parallel and he's saying, the type of God I am, I pursue. Just like the one who goes off, he goes to get them, right? What God has done, that's what Christmas is about. That's what Christmas is about. It's about God saying, on your own, you guys are done. There's nothing you can do. But I've been giving you prophecies for hundreds of years to say that I'm coming for you. I'm coming to love you. I'm coming to serve you. I'm coming to die for you. And so this love that God has is this pursuing love where he breaks into human history and he says, I'm coming because there's no other way for this thing to get done. You need to be saved from the wrath of God 
by God. And so he breaks in and he says, I'm going to come. I'm going to live like you live. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be an example for you. I'm going to live the life you should have lived. I'm going to die on the cross for you. And after three days, God's going to say, this sacrifice was good. Yes. He pursues us. As we see God pursuing us, we respond, of course, with saying, yes, we want this God. But one more application I want to make with this, and we're going to finish. One more application I want to make with this is, God pursues us, we become Christians, we pursue one another. We pursue one another, and we pursue those who are still lost. He does it. He shows us how to do it, gives us the example, and then he says, I'm giving you the ability to do it, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit so you can do it, now go and do it. Let's continually pursue one another and pursue this lost and dying world. I hope you see today these different facets, these different aspects of God's love. I hope you see it in a different light. I hope you see about the fact that God's love is permanent. It'll never end. His love is powerful. You'll never be separated from Him. It's personal. He cares for you individually. Scripture says that He's talking about Israel, but it it applies to us individually because, again, God knows everything, that we're the apple of His eye. Have you ever heard that before, that phrase, apple of His eye? That's where that comes from. And it says that God actually rejoices over you, singing over you, because you're in His Son. It's a personal love. And last, remember this holiday season, as you think about the Savior who's come, that God's love is pursuing. He's pursuing each one of us. I'm going to close in prayer, ask Roy to come on up. Here's the response. If you don't know Jesus yet, if you've never done this, really, getting deep into your heart, maybe you've just said, you've, yeah, I follow Jesus, you're a cultural Christian, because everybody else is, don't wait. What better day to become a follower of Jesus? Do it today. Give your life to Him and say, this love, I've never understood it. I've got this hole in my heart and it's shaped, it's a God-shaped hole and I need something else to fill it because I keep trying everything else and it doesn't work. That's your, that's your response if you're not a Christian. If you are one, maybe you've gotten off a little bit forgetting the love that God has for you. Remember that. Rejoice in that as you gather. Tell others about it. Pursue one another. Pursue, pursue God through His Word. And again, He's pursuing you. Get in His Word. Be with Him. Rejoice in the fact that He has come. He has not left us here. Emmanuel has come. God with us. Let me pray. Father, we love You and we do thank You for the fact that You have first loved us so that we can love You. I do pray for my friends here, Lord. I pray for the saints that are here right now, Lord. I pray that they would have a sweet taste of Your love, Lord, that they'd see it in a different light, that they would feel that it's a personal love that you love them with, that it's permanent, that they come to realize that there's nothing that they've done, that your mercies are new each day. Lord, help us to rest in the fact if we're facing cancer or someone close to us is or death or anything that's coming, Lord, help us to realize that your love is powerful. Help us to rest as we think of the coming Savior, of how you pursue us and love us. 
Lord, if there's anyone in here still that does not know you, Lord, I pray that they would come down now, talk with me, they can pray from their seat, pray after, but Lord, we pray that today would be the day of salvation for them. We thank you for the great God that you are and the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.